0: Oh my gosh, it's almost 2020 and I am bringing the bonus Patreon episode. It's free. Yes, I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash burning in hell and I'm giving you a taste today. And by taste, I don't mean you going um, to the kitchen at midnight after Christmas and going to a diabetic coma from eating all the sugar cookies. I mean, I'm giving you this one episode and if you want more... You get four episodes a month and other bullshit for $5 that's less than your chai macchiato whatever that also probably puts you in a diabetic coma. But you know what? Life is short. So (laughs) that is in the link in this description. Look at my bio. The first episode of my Patreon, I I didn't decide to give as a free episode. I like it behind a paywall because I talk about how I got fired from my job. I talk about some opinions of some guests I've had on and some behind the scenes on summer house so don't get in trouble but this was a very important episode to me because i got really great questions from listeners and i feel like it was a real hype up for this new year coming and i'm so thankful for all of you we've hit a million listens and i want to give you guys this bonus episode for free and subscribe for five dollars a month for over four episodes and more content and i'll be back with the regular scheduled programming on Wednesday. This is all unedited. It's about to get messy. Enjoy. <laughs> Welcome to the Burning What's up, you guys? It's the second solo episode of our Patreon for Burning in Hell. Um, we've hit a million plays, which is insane to me. But also just, oh, I fucking love you guys so much. I wish I could hug and squeeze you. Um, sorry, that just got weird. But I just want to show affection. And so I guess the way I'll do it is this episode. Um, we're going into 2020. So I feel like I want to be full of like motivational um just like talking shit about this next year and like talking through some dark shit talking through some positive shit and i just want this episode to get you hyped get you pumped up i recently saw one of my friends on instagram um her name is sam emrick she has a cool page and she um wrote i want to have a risky 2020 like she wasn't like, I want to have a confident or I want to have a successful, I want to have a rich. No, she wants a risky 2020 and I think we all should do a little cheers um, and have a risky 2020. Like go after what you want. Who gives a shit? What's the worst that can happen? Um, I asked you guys on Instagram to send me some questions and I have a bunch and I haven't even really looked at them because I think I'm better on the fly sometimes. I don't overthink it. Um, the first question from at F-K-E-U-R-E-N-T-H-E, I don't know if you're going to try to pronounce that, is how often do you doubt yourself? Damn, you guys are going in. You're going in. Um, how often do I doubt myself? I doubt myself a lot, but it's, it's instead of, it's a doubt where it's like, okay, I'm scared. I'm clearly insecure a little. A little that means I need to work harder. I'm starting This, like, new stand-up career I started in April, and I'm not going to lie, I still, before each show, I'm like, what if I don't remember any joke? Like, not one joke comes to mind, which is an insane, just anxiety thought, but I know that as I um, authentically put myself out there and face that fear I'll have other things I doubt about myself, but I'll get over that fear of, like, forgetting jokes. Because then you're like, wait, I've been doing this for over a year. I know my jokes. Um, Let's doubt something else. And that's how you get better. Let's doubt how funny the first one is. And then improve that. So use your doubt as a way to motivate yourself. Because doubting is human. If you didn't doubt yourself, what are you, a fucking robot? And I hope you're not a robot, because then robots are going to take over, and it'll be the end of the world for us. Um... Next, oh my God, you guys are, I love, these questions are intense. At Bay Area versus country, why do you think loads of women settle for a man who steals their joy and passion? Damn girl. But great question. Um, I've been with a man who stole my joy and passion, so I'm, I'm not better um, at choosing men than anyone else. I saw a recent thing on, a recent meme that was like, t- you don't really realize that you're with the right person that you're in a healthy relationship until you're like wait I don't have to cry three times a week (laughs) and it's like it's not like I cried all the time but sometimes like so many people in relationships are settling because there's like some good parts or like you're really projecting so much I'm so guilty of like a guy like he's like tall he might have like a good job or he might just be like really hot and like kind and funny and then I'll ignore like Th- real things that would make their relationship not ideal for me, but like you want a boyfriend You're like wait, this is so close to what I want. He's almost there. We could just pretend it's right Um, pretending only lasts so long and um, If you stay in something too long your body will physically start reacting whether it's through crying or like you're not hungry Or anxiety listen to your body because if you don't listen to your mind your body will tell you um, what the hell is up damn, okay <laughs> um what is my worst friend breakup? Ooh, that's from Buffy the Vampire V. Vampire S V E A. Worst friend breakup. Oh my god, I have a crazy story. I have this friend who now, she was a freshman at um, Wisconsin on the tennis team with me, and we had not gotten along <laughs> in our juniors. You like really don't like anyone you play against in the juniors. We're all just like trying to murder each other. But when I was twelve, I hit a ball on a clay court. And on clay it makes a mark and I, and she called it out and I thought she was cheating me. I mean, who should let 12 year old girls call their own lines? That's a whole nother issue that I'm not going to get into today. Uh, That's for another Patreon episode. Um, and I basically said, are you sure? And she goes, you don't hit it hard enough to make a mark. Granted, I won the match, but I never I'm Italian. I never forget. I will never forget. So I was like, fuck this girl. But she joins the team. And it's like just me and her as freshmen. And we kind of hit it off. And I was like, wait, I take back all the bad things I ever thought about you. And we're doing well, but she was kind of suffering like she was she missed her family. And like she was going through some hard times. And um, I was doing well in tennis and she was struggling a little more but she was doing really well with men. Like she was a professional at hook. She knew all the football players. She was really beautiful and tall and beautiful blue eyes. She was like, like we had the same sense of humor, but she was like cooler and hotter than me for sure. Um, and I was kind of like the silly sidekick, which I was fine with. Um, and I, while well, I was like getting sleep and like preparing for practice, who knows who she was with having fun. Um, but she gave me the confidence, I think to like, be funny and rude to men, which is like the only thing that, um, my only true hobby in life. And she was just so funny and cool. But then as the year started to end, like I started to get a little tension from guys, and I noticed it, like, she didn't like it. And, um, she had a boyfriend eventually, the sweet, the sweet, sweet basketball player who she would kind of like cheat on and stuff. And she started being like, she basically, um, I hooked up with this one football player. We just kissed. It was adorable. I had a big crush on him and he's like, not really, I was kind of nervous about it. And she was like, I'll get his number and like, um, figure out where he's going to be. And we could like meet him at a party. And I was like, awesome. Cool. She, you're the best friend ever. And then I, I, a couple of days later, her computer was up and her Facebook message popped up and it was him and she had messaged him, like, can I come over and give you a massage or something fucking crazy? And you know when your heart just starts beating and you're like, the the room just starts to just kind of, like, be blurry. And she's like, I'm going to the library, and I know she's going to go see the guy I have a crush on. There are over 200 football players. Why do you have to go for the one that I have a crush on who I just kissed that weekend? And I think I for, I forget if I called her out or not. I think I might have called her out when she went back and was like, "What's the deal?" And she's like, "I'm sorry. Like he just he likes me. I'm sorry." And I was like, "Okay." It just seems kind of sketchy. So fast forward, she was just kind of like, she a- another guy had given me a little attention and she told me the next day, she's like, hey, I talked to him and like, he doesn't like you. When he had told me that she was like putting his her arm up his back and all this stuff. And I was like, this girl has it out for me. Like what the fuck? And she was going through a really hard time now that I look back at it. But as an innocent like freshman in college, you're just like, this is mean. So I was with her boyfriend at the bar and I know she cheats on him, but like I'm rooting for the, whatever I'm supportive. And he basically was like, why doesn't she love me? Like what, what's the deal? Like, why doesn't she say back that she loves me? And I looked at him. And I just said, I don't know. I think you could do better. So the next day she storms in and goes, Hannah, what the fuck? You said to my boyfriend that he deserves better? And I look at her, my first, you first just are like, how do I get out of this situation? But I stopped and I was like, wait. And he's standing right next to her and I go, I did say that, do you wanna know why? And she's looking at me, I'm like, do you wanna know why I said that? And she goes, what? And I go, I don't know, cause you sucked this guy's dick last week, you sucked that guy's dick the other week before, you're having sex with him, you fucked the guy, two guys I liked, like I just went off. I went, I lost my damn mind, I saw red. And he's just standing there like petrified and she's like get the fuck out of, out of this apartment. I mean we live together so that was weird. Um, she was like get out of here and I was like good luck with your shit like good luck with your shit don't talk to me again. Um, the next morning I may or may not had drug testing. With her boyfriend, we were holding our urine, just looking at each other, and it was so awkward. But that morning, she texted me, and she was like, I am so sorry. Like, I am so sorry. And I think it, it showed, like... She knew that she had been in the wrong and like she kind of I guess pushed me too far and I lost it But sometimes it takes like having some respect for yourself for people to respect you I don't mean to like fight with everyone But I kind of spoke up for my opinion And she saw how I really felt Maybe she really reflected on like how much she was taking advantage of situations But I'm like as I said I will forgive but I never forget And like after that I was like I'm not cool with you like we're not cool and she ended up transferring. And it sucks. It was like a breakup because I we were, we were inseparable. And she really helped me through my freshman year so much. And it's crazy because years later, like, she had, like, gotten into mindfulness and yoga. And she's teaching yoga and she's cooking. Like, she really changed a lot. And I guess she's, like, really worked on herself. And um, we saw each other, like, six years later in a... At, for lunch in New York City in between my job and I um we just like hugged each other and started crying and it was this beautiful like full circle moment um we like of course I love her but she fucking hurt me and I think there's something to be said about like not being afraid of confrontation but when you're that young you don't know what to say like you don't you're not smart enough to be like oh you're clearly doing this because of, of a b and, C, and you haven't coped with these past traumas um that's what we do now That's what we do now on first dates. You say, what are your past traumas that you have not coped with that you're going to project on me so I can get ahead of the game? Um, So that was my worst friend breakup. But now we're cool. Like she comments on my Instagram. I hope she doesn't listen to this. But if she is, we're good. I'm sorry for sharing our dirt. um, But hopefully it helped someone else out there. Um, How do you like living in Long Island City? Guys, uh, maybe some of you live in New York City, which is great. And if you do... Um, quick announcement, Andrew Collin and I have our first show at The Stand, which is like an amazing comedy club. I'm so happy that we got it there. Um, January 29th is the show, This um, thestandnyc.com or a link in my bio on Instagram. Come to the show. Nikki Glazer's going to be there. We have just a bunch of comedians and we're going to do our sets and host it. It's going to be lit. Um, it's going to be litty, or as Andrew Collin says, it's going to be super dope litty lady fire whatever he says um but yeah i live in new york city and i used to live in midtown but it was um A straight nightmare. I lived across the street (laughs) from Macy's and, like, that big Victoria's Secret. I lived in between a Forever 21 and a Gap. Like, people didn't even know that there's residential stuff there because there shouldn't be. It's the block of the Empire State Building. So every day when I'd walk outside, instead of, like, in Brooklyn, you walk outside and people are, like, walking their dogs or going to work. I walk outside and it is the hellhole of the world. Not a good kind of hell, like, burning in hell. Like, a legitimate hellhole of tourists that don't understand like how walking works and then salespeople trying to get everyone on the block I live on to go to the top of the Empire State Building and I'm like dude you see me every morning like why do we have to do this back and forth like I live here I don't want to live here but I do and I lived with two guy roommates they're both dating my friends which is great but also like sometimes I don't I just When I'm home, I just want to get away from everything. And I finally was honest with myself. And I finally saved up en- enough money. And I was like, I want to live in a studio with my cat Butter to give her a better life. I couldn't afford a place in Manhattan that I liked that had a doorman and a studio. I needed a doorman because I know that I seem like I'm just like have all my shit together. Yeah, I don't. I forget my keys um, more often than I eat breakfast so I um and I do eat breakfast a lot that was probably a bad metaphor but some people don't you never know if you're intermittent fasting or um (laughs) no judgments but um it makes me really hungry my brother's doing it who I don't know why he's just a masochist but some people call it anorexia but to each his own I um again don't want to offend people with that but I do think that if you just sleep really late, you intermittent fast. That's what I do sometimes. 11 a.m., wake up, mm, only need two meals. What was I going with that? Oh yeah, so I lose my keys all the time. So God forbid I live in the East Village and it's like I'm getting home from a bar and I realize I, don't, I left my keys in my other jacket, which is totally so easy to do. Then I don't have a place to sleep at night. And the next thing you know, you're calling up your ex-boyfriend and the next six months are a blur and you're in therapy again. So I have a, I'm in Long Island City And my parents are there and my brother's in Astoria. So it's kind of like the whole family's in Queens, which is nice. I'm like, I love spending time with my family at least once a week to just feel like, I don't know, I just feel like life is crazy. And then when I'm with my parents, I'm like, okay, there's some stability here. (laughs) There's some logic going on. I can ask them questions. and They give me sane advice instead of my own thoughts in my head that I'm giving you guys right now. So take it as you will. But yeah, I just stopped pretending to like people and I finally was like, I just want to be alone with my cat and that's okay. It doesn't make me like antisocial or crazy social anxiety or a bad person. This is me and this is, I've accepted it. Um, next question. Oh yeah, so if anyone wants to know about my getting fired story, um, that is in the first episode of the podcast because y'all keep asking. So I mean the first episode of the Patreon. Can you talk about disordered eating and building a healthy healthy relationship with exercise and food? That's a great question. I suffered from, like, they called it female athlete triad syndrome. Basically, when I was 14, I went to a tennis academy, and, like, I felt a lot of pressure to be successful. They were, like, changing a lot of stuff about my game. I felt out of control. So I was, like, working out as hard as I can, and I was, like, eating in a, like, strict way. Like, I probably was eating, I was eating, like, oatmeal in the morning, pasta for lunch and like chicken and salad at night it was like I was eating a decent amount of food but I just wasn't like letting myself eat more when I was hungry I was just being very restrictive and um ultimately it had nothing to do with food or my body it's it's just that like you have to understand that when you're Thinking about food all the time. It's just to distract yourself from actual issues. And like the food is not the issue. The boy you can't stop repeat having thoughts over. Is not the issue. You have your own stuff that you have to work on. That's why I do think like therapy is really good. And just like instead of being like. Oh I don't feel well. I'm going to just go to the gym to try food. That's just like. It's like an alcoholic. Like oh I don't feel well. I'm just going to drink. So like yeah. Also you're not going. to You don't feel good when you're like. Just like so skinny and um just restricting yourself from like all the joys of life i also think when everyone has a meal that you're like fuck i shouldn't have eaten that or like damn i'm like i feel disgusting your body's meant to like work through it just trust the balance of your body i knew that i recovered from my eating disorder which is a hundred percent like possible to do when Food just isn't the topic of thought when you wake up in the morning, granted, maybe I'm like obsessing over other things, but the point is like losing that obsessiveness with things that aren't the actual issue so I don't know if that made hundred percent of sense, but it's it's what I know about the topic do guys um oh that was Bahana split thank you at Russup... s you guys have the, the 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 handles here are impossible, but i'm I'm trying my best. do you guys? You date ever plead to not to share their shit on your podcast. It's funny. I am an open book. Um, I, I do keep some stuff to myself. Maybe if I just don't, I, I want to, and probably because I don't know how it's going to be helpful to you guys yet or if I don't see, like, the funny in it yet or the informative in it or, like, something's forming and I don't really know even what to say about it yet. But I keep you guys pretty in the loop. Um, especially with this patreon now, I'm going to continue, um, getting more in depth with that as I'm starting this, um, because I feel like you guys know a lot about my guests and not as much about me. Um, not that it has to be about me, but I feel like there's just a lot of questions that I really want to answer for you guys because I care about you. Um, anyway, uh, what was was I talking about? Oh, um, (laughs) this guy went on a date with me once and he's like, so you're going to talk about me in your podcast? And I'm like, no, bro. I'm selective about what I talk about on my podcast. I will talk now about the fact that you ask because that's fucking embarrassing for you. Um, but there's content everywhere and it's a beautiful thing. I got recently, I got in trouble. Um, this is, don't tell anyone I'm talking about this. This is between us. This is like our Patreon thing, but I went on Nikki Glazer's show and we talked about my ex-boyfriend and um, he, I had, cough with him the day before to be like because him and Nikki like weren't that cool and I was like hey this isn't like a bash fest on you this is great for my career me and you are cool but I think I realized deep down like I was never really cool with my ex-boyfriend it it ended bad where like I got out of it because it wasn't healthy for me but I kept seeing him because I still wanted his like affirmation that like or like I want to stand up to him in a just like Yeah like he wasn't able to love me the way I wanted before but like I just want to still feel valid in his eyes basically like sometimes you're just not supposed to be with your ex and I feel like I kept um when I went on her show I was like a little passive aggressive I made fun of his apartment like fuck me sorry I made fun of your apartment um and later on I said like how I think he's like I respect his comedy he's amazing but it was behind a paywall at SiriusXM and then a month later. A video clip goes out. Um, you guys could probably just Google it. Nikki Glazer honey Burner on YouTube. About us hooking up with the same guy. Um, he, we're not cool anymore after that clip. Um, it shows the fragile masculinity of some men. You think a comic could handle a little making fun of. And, um, Grant, it's just like, sometimes you're just not fr- meant to be friends with your ex anymore. And like, I really don't give a fuck f- um, to suck up to him in any way. Or va- be validated by him. And Nikki's just been like a really amazing friend to me thus far in my comedy and, in, I mean, not even my career. It's, it's just like her as a person. She's just been fucking awesome. And we bonded over things that like he would never understand. And uh, maybe he thought I was like picking sides or something, but I just wanted to make fun of his apartment and make some funny comments. T- and overall, the point was that, like, <laughs> you sometimes your ex can bring you together. Girls don't have to be, like, it's not a competition. Love is not a game we both weren't meant to be with him and it was funny overall. And she basically was like, I was so jealous of you. I wanted to be you. And I was like, girl, believe me, like, it wasn't right for me. It probably won't be right for you. Let's move on. Um, and it, yeah, he did some messed up stuff afterward to try to hurt me. And, um, We're not cool anymore. So that's that update. And you know what? It's been very freeing for me. It's been very freeing. So that was the real fucking dirt we just got into. Also, really quick, if you live in Washington, D.C., I'm at the Improv with Jesse Jollis, who's amazing, and Andrew Collin on January 22nd. Get tickets. Link in bio or dcimprov.com. Who is hotter, Brad or Leonardo? Oh, my God. This is from my grandma. Nana still got it. Follow her on Instagram at NanaStillGotIt. She's a slut. Who is hotter, Brad or Leonardo? Or are they both too old for you? I've never really been into Leonardo. I don't know. I like like the bigger dudes, and I feel like he's kind of like he's cute. He's the cuteness about him, and now he just seems kind of like creepy. And ever since the um the movie Wolf of Wall Street, I just see him. I'm like, you were too good at that role. Too good at partying. And then I see him with these little models. I think Brad Pitt is so fucking hot. Um, yeah, i i um I'm good with Brad Pitt. I'll probably fuck him like any age. Cause you just still in your head you know what he looked like. And he still looks great. He looks great. Um, yeah, I'm Brad Pitt all the way. Um I don't really know his personality, but let's be honest, do we care? I don't I don't think we do. Um <laughs> Oh, Wesley Harris, who is one of my producers at Summer House, asked, what's the thing you wish you'd known at the beginning of making the podcast? Great question. What I wish I've known Um, that it doesn't have to be perfect throughout. I think in the beginning I was trying hard to make like every comment like either gold or funny and i realized like you aren't listening to that isn't like what listening to podcasts is. it's a conversation people like it because of the flow or the energy and once i got a little more laid back and cared less about like which questions i was hitting and just let the conversation flow naturally that's when the f- the feedback started to get even better and um it's crazy them like do less is sometimes the best advice like you know when even when I started doing radio, I would be so overprepared and I'd be like, I need to have coffee or I won't know how to form sentences. Now I'll show up to radio, no coffee, 8 a.m. and I'll just be like, just be yourself and wing it. And I think that's where like the more you're yourself in different situations, the more you naturally gravitate towards the right thing. And if you're yourself and you are terrible at what it is, maybe it's the wrong thing you're doing because I feel like the right path when you're yourself should kind of, um aligned together. That got a little general at the end, but you guys get it. Um ooh, Elizabeth. She's my girl E A M C G U uh, O I R K. Sorry, I can't spell. How do you keep your head up when you get depressed or faced a setback? Oh my god. Um I love that question. I realize that depression isn't me when I get depressed, I'm like, I'm not like, oh, I'm such a depressed person. I'm like, no, Hannah's there. Hannah's just like, there's a reason for depression. Sometimes depression is like a necessary thing you have to go through. It's like your body taking a break where it's like, so I don't know. Recently, I'm like, really into napping and sleeping. Like I'll, I'm busy, busy, busy. And then whenever I free, I'm free and I get home, I'm not like, Oh, I want to watch TV. I'm just like, I'm going to close my eyes. Like I might be going through a little depression right now, but I think it's cause I'm in a intense phase of like a new career with stand up that I'm feeling a lot more pressure and my body's kind of tired. Um, and also like dealing with some new pressure with like the TV show and stuff. It's like You might be a little depressed, but it's important to just keep talking it through. And it's not something you like just click out of like, oh, that's depression. I don't want to be depressed anymore. It's just like ebbs and flows and know that it, as everyone says, it's ever evolving because your brain is always evolving. Your perspectives are always evolving as long as you keep your mind open Um, and just like not giving up. But I think also facing a setback, I feel like so many setbacks now like I was recently talking to agents at UTA, and I really everyone's like UTA is the greatest, and I really want to sign with them. But for whatever reason, like my management was like, don't sign with them yet. And now I'm like, they like I don't know if they want to sign me anymore. That was like she's not being very responsive, and I was like, I was um, so upset. Like I couldn't get it off my mind. Everyone I talked to, I was like, do you think they hate me now? Are they rejecting me now? Like I was in a full on like my life is over. And then I realized like wait. Maybe this agent isn't right for me. Maybe because she thinks my Bravo contract is too intense for her um, doesn't mean I'm not good enough to be with her but it, or like she doesn't believe or she doesn't believe in me. And that's OK, because maybe in a couple months I'm going to meet the right agent. I feel like setbacks are literally doors that close for a reason, like even like quitting tennis me not going pro, I thought I was the biggest failure in the world, but that setback was what like kicked me back onto my path to be where I am now, where I'm feeling good. Um, I got rejected from so many jobs and I'm like, thank God I didn't get that job. You know, guys that make you feel bad and, and you get rejected and you're like me, me, me. And then it's like, yeah, the dude sucked or he didn't suck, but he's so wrong for you. And you didn't see it at the time. So like setbacks, I think I try to believe like someone whoever's in control of the universe knows better than you in this moment Um, and some things are setbacks that are like, okay. Well, you're not ready yet Um, like I had a set that wasn't that good recently and I realized like Two or three of the jokes I've been doing I'm just like bored with and I it made me stop and rewrite those jokes And then I killed it the next night was I a little obsessive like all those people who saw me that night thought I wasn't good Maybe and i'm still working on that, but also if I didn't bomb that night I didn't fully bomb. I did get an applause break. I did pretty well, but i'm very critical of myself and in those bad jokes I if I didn't have that setback, I would be walking around with those jokes all the time that I didn't really fucking love so yeah, I'm fucking pro setback. 2020 setback. Take your risks and setting back. Hell yeah. Um, oh, this is like a question. You guys are impressing me. At this is not Hannah. How will, how can we be funny and be taken seriously at the same time? Wow, what a fucking question. Um, I think that being funny entails being socially aware and it entails smartness and it entails awareness. So I think when you're funny, it, it is like also a masculine quality. So it's a little bit of like a power move to like control the conversation and be able to make everyone laugh. Um, but I think it's, it can be, it's, you can also be self-aware where, you know, um, okay, I've been like the goofball in this meeting, but now I'm like, you can just immediately change your tone. Like right now I'm in serious tone, but I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? You're crazy. You're wild. We're laughing. I don't know what that meant. And then be like, but for real, I do think this, and this is why. Um, I think being funny as long, and also like your humor doesn't have to be self-deprecating. I, um, I realized that recently where like It is easy to just, like, make everyone feel good around you and be like, "Mm, I hate myself, Mm, I'm tired. Mm." But also, like, if first of all, if it's not true, don't do it. Second of all, your boss or your coworkers don't need to know that you, like, um, or feel fat, or you're insecure. You slept too long. You think you're depressed. Like some things, like keep it to yourself strategically to for people to take you seriously. Save that for your best friend. Save that for your therapist. Save that for your mom. Um, I think Mary Beth Barone's episode of my podcast was great because she's a comedian who doesn't use self-deprecation and self-deprecating humor. And she's hysterical. And I realize that about her. I'm like, damn, that's so hard. But I realized like, just be witty. Just be observant. Use hyperboles. Use, um, like, <laughs> just the silliness of metaphors. Um, compare things. Be observant all the time. And and that is actually harder humor. Um, so I think... It, People are impressed with humor, and they'll take you seriously as long as you um, aren't hating on yourself the whole time. Like, it's so easy to be self-deprecating. But people start believing you. Like, I would joke that I'm, like, so messy, and I'm a mess, and, oh, like, my room's dirty, and I'm a mess, and I need to do my laundry. And it was easy, and it made everyone around me feel good around me. But did I really feel good about myself? Not really. And now, like, when I say something funny, it's really funny. It's not just people laughing at me. It's like we're laughing together. Um, so that's my little humor rant. Um I Oh, I am I A M E B B E said, Do you ever feel like you're just faking it through life? I think everyone's faking it. I, I always say I don't believe in um the whole like experience thing. They've done studies where like doctors with 30 plus years experience versus doctors with three years experience. They say the doctors with three years experience are actually way better because they're way more like aware of what they're doing trying harder updated on the latest stuff Um, I think that everything is changing especially with social media in my industry and and humor and stuff it's like we're creating a new voice for humor for like millennial women and I just think in my creative space um, if I just tried to be what other people were before me and and their experiences it wouldn't be right for me. Um, I'm a little bit. Me- I have, I have this weird thing. I probably go too far, but I don't really put anyone on a pedestal that I like look up to or. Um I don't copy any comedian. I don't even listen to that many other podcasts. When I was making funny videos online, I wouldn't watch that many other videos. I'm very easily like, not that it's easy, but I get inspired easily and I'm observant. And I didn't want to be inspired by other people's work. And I just wanted to like do it how I would do it because I feel like it would dull my creativity if I already knew like what other people were doing. So it's like, whatever you do, just do it authentically to you and and you're not faking it. That's you. Um, And... And everyone deals with the same, like, insecurities and stuff. If the people who, like, in your job, who have, like, more years experience, yeah, they just sucked it up at their job longer. It doesn't mean that they necessarily have better ideas or they're, like, oh, they've had more meetings than you. Like, I don't believe that that makes anyone better at anything. I think it's who's more passionate and who cares and who's putting in the work. So don't fucking doubt yourself. The doubt is what can hinder you. Um Oh speaking of at science guy underscore 1976 who is your dream guest to talk with on your podcast I love I do love Chelsea Handler like Chelsea lately um, <laughs> her humor, how she would shit on her guests but and you, she would bring out she'd do it tastefully kind of, and she'd bring out their like uncomfortableness or different sides to them, which I love to do to see how people react to different things um, ooh at. K T Y L A D I E If the reality TV gig doesn't lead to anything what would you do for your next career move So honestly like the reality TV gig is just like it's fun for me and it was uh, it's amazing exposure but I never think about it as like my career I feel like my career is um, this podcast and my stand up now and making original videos online and and I don't have any like I'm not trying to tell a TV show I don't have any five year plans I just feel like just keep working hard every day and um hopefully the right people will take notice or I will know when it's time to like take that next step or not take that next step as long as I can afford my studio with butter I'm kind of happy um and and contentment is really bad I'm not saying I'm content I'm just saying that I'm not not content (laughs) okay that doesn't make any sense but like you have to be cool with where you are like because if you always think, oh, if I were to get a, a, a TV show that I directed or I started in a movie, like, things would change. I know things won't change. I know my happiness level is the same regardless. The only thing that changes my happiness level is my ability to create. So I want to just continually create and challenge myself. Um, so I'm not content with, like, how much I challenge myself or create, but I'm content with um, being in this free place. Yeah. Okay, I kind of that, – that went a little crazy at the end. Um Oh, my goodness. Let's wrap it up with one more questions. <gasps> what are your, your insecurities with your personality? I'm doing this because I don't want to answer this question, which means I should because I'm challenging myself. By at the Geneva underscore convention. Thank you. Oh, wait, no. Um, that was at spoiled 2002. Actually, I have two questions I'll answer. The first one is what are your insecurities with your personality? When I was younger, people would say that I laughed too much. They said I giggle too much. And like honestly, I just had nervous laughter. And clearly, when I'm upset or nervous or tired or insecure, I just want to laugh. I just want to see like the funny things in life so we don't have to deal with the scary, morbid, um, meaningless life that we're leading. So I just want to find laughter. And people would be like, she doesn't stop giggling. Also, people have called me loud before. That's my biggest pet peeve. Because my friends and people I'm with would know, actually, when I'm, like, really myself around someone, I'm not that loud. Also, the people who like me don't think I'm being loud. They think I'm, like, bringing joy to the conversation or whatever I'm bringing, um, and I'm not loud. Have you ever heard a man be called loud? Never. Never. So, like... When I started Summer House, actually, I remember Kyle said, you're loud, and I was like, oh, he doesn't like that there's another person on the show that's getting laughs, and like, and I'm I'm taking up space, so you better get fucking used to it. Sorry, that was a little bit of shade, whatever, who cares? Um, <laughs> um, lastly, the Geneva Convention. What are ways that you practice self-confidence and self-acceptance? I think this is a great question to end on, especially for the new year. I think self-acceptance doesn't come from being like yep this is it I'm good now my body's good my personality's good my face is good I did it no it's having empathy for yourself it's realizing that it's a choice to self-accept yourself and once you self-accept yourself that energy is fucking crazy like you can look like shit but if you're sitting there in confidence that is the most attractive thing and I know it sounds corny like just like confidence is attractive but like people, uh, no matter how good you look, if you're insecure and you're questioning yourself and you're, you're, you're trying too hard to impress people around you, like that's fucking annoying. Work on just being comfortable with who you are. And people are so attracted to that. I'm talking, you'll have more friends, you'll have more um, boy toys, girl toys, whatever you're looking for. And, um, like self-confidence is like, You just being your own cheerleader, even when no one else believes in you. That kind of sucks, but it's like no one, it's not anyone else's job to believe in you or like to know what you're capable of. Only you know what your real dream is. Like whatever that whisper in your head that's like, I want to be an actor. Like I want to be a comedian or I want to be a sports broadcaster or I want to write a movie or I want to start an app or I want to be a makeup entrepreneur. Like fucking do it because that voice isn't going to go anywhere. That voice is not going to die out. It's your voice. Until you die, that voice is there. Fucking do it. Um, I'm, just feeling, I'm feeling inspired. And I, I just feel also like I try to, I don't look at myself in the mirror a lot. Because um, I feel like it's like I know what I look like. And I envision myself walking around like just my most beautiful self, like the hottest photo you have on Instagram, I'm like, yeah, it's what I look like. And and you feel that, and you know you're capable of that. At the right angle, it's probably hitting a couple times. And it's really just like, also with beauty, it's so fucking subjective. Like, the, f- I'm hot to someone, and I'm ugly to someone else. I can't control that. All I can control is like being authentically me, feeling myself, and letting that, com- like that confidence also is shared, like make people around you feel confident about themselves. And like that positive energy is so much stronger. People don't remember like how you look. People don't remember what you say. People remember how you made them feel. And, um, I think that is kind of how I want to end this podcast. Um, I think that hopefully you enjoyed any tips or tricks or advice or hypemanship that I just drops on all your asses because it was really fun for me and I get worked up but I enjoy it um I love you guys so much check out um any live shows I have coming up in New York City um and is there any was I have merch if you guys want some merch the most popular thing has been the cup the coffee mug that says um a really funny quote on it at hannahburner.com dot com slash shop um and i will talk to you guys later have a great holiday season